The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's Pharrell on the bench, coast to coast in the biggest way possible, hanging out the bad city, broken in the bad apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad out of bad taste, bad law, bad dude, bad breath, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live in the Pharrell Palacio right across the river and through the woods from where Granny just drove by and dropped me off a sack of that white widow in New York City, the big apple. Ooh. People dress in plastic bags, directing traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do but on the fin that come around, flat to flat to party up, rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown with a mess of tats and tatter, my brains are splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shaka Hey, what's gigging? I'm Pharrell with Carver High and Mafia, LTN running it from Kansas City, Mo, home of Patrick Mahomes and those KC Chiefs signed Super Bowl champs. We got your birthday roll call on a Thursday, Grayson Allen, everybody's favorite person. 25 today, Travis Pastrana, badass, 37, Rafi Torres, 39, Monty Williams, the Suns coach, 49 today, Tony Eason, you remember him in Boston, 61, Mike Morgan, former pitcher, 61, how about legendary NASCAR driver Bill Elliott, 65 today, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, yeah. Houston and Tulane tonight. We got uh, action on that game, obviously. And then uh, we're going to talk a lot of college football. Derek King ready to duel with Trevor Lawrence. And we'll look at the Heisman odds, national title odds, charging graphs. Say Ohio State has the best shot to win it all over Bama. Oregon picked to win the Pac-12 in a media preseason bowl. Max schedule has been released. Plenty of Tuesday and Wednesday night games we'll have. Football on every night of the week, soon enough, which is a beautiful thing when you think about it. Florida State, 20 and a hook, dogs in South Bend against the Irish. Kansas coach Les Miles tests positive for COVID today. And Florida can pack the swamp. The governor, Ron DeSantis, says sports events can be full capacity. Not everybody's following suit, though. The uh, Dolphins are only going to let in 13,005 to Hard Rock. The Marlins trying to stay alive right now. That's not going to happen. The Braves are kicking their ass six to nothing. The A's avoided the sweep yesterday, and they forced game four today. Liriano with a three-run shot to left. 
to give the A's the early three-run lead off of Zach Grinke, who, while pitching on the mound, looks about as interested in being in the major leagues anymore, <laughs> I mean, as a 90-year-old. The guy looks like he just doesn't even want to be out there. He looks bored to death. He's just taking the money. We got a money grab, Carver High. Chad Pender with a three-run shot to tie the game yesterday when it was 7-4, made it 7-all, and they rolled from there 9-7. The Rays took game three. They now lead the Yankees 2-1. Kevin Kiermeyer with a bomb. We'll hear from him. How about this guy, Randy Rosarena? Hitting like 750 now in the playoffs. The guy is on fire. Aaron Boone says the Yankees have come to play tonight. Gee, that would be uh, awesome, Skip. If we could get your guys to show up tonight for the elimination game. We'll hear from uh, Aaron Judge. Yankees in the danger uh, zone now. Dodgers uh, win 6-5. They're up two zip over the Padres. What a game. In the ninth inning, they had the bases loaded. We welcome in all of our radio affiliates, Sports Group Radio Overnights for All, and Advanced Sports Rage, Bagels and Bad Beach. You can watch us on YouTube. Subscribe free to the Sports Grid Radio page. And get the app, Sports Grid Radio app. It's kick-ass. You can hear everything on the TV and radio side on the app. You'll love it. And we're on Mightier 1090 in San Diego, obviously. Uh, that's kick-ass to all of Southern California. We'll hear from Cody Bellinger. How about that grab he made last night over the wall to rob uh, Tatis of a two-run shot? Tingler's on the show. Uh, was that the greatest catch in Dodger history? A lot of people are asking. And then Mookie Betts says it takes two sides to celebrate after exchanges between the Dodgers and Manny Machado. Things got a little testy last night in that game. The Dodgers pitcher was throwing his glove and dancing around on the field. And the Padres didn't like it, but it was okay when they were throwing bats uh, after hitting home runs. Everything was fine as long as the Padres were celebrating. But uh, evidently, they didn't want the Dodgers to celebrate. Dave Roberts thinking about Kenley Jansen. I'll just save him the time. He's toast. They got to stop using him as the closer. Dustin May will start game three tonight. Clevenger officially off the Padres roster. We'll hook up with CJ Nitkowski, MLB Network Radio. On the show today in the first hour. And then we'll do UFC with Mafia. Conor McGregor says he's ready to fight Poirier as long as it's in 2020. Tony Ferguson wants to fight again. Hence a move up to welterweight. We'll talk about positive dope tests uh, in the UFC. And GDR says if she gets another shot at the Lioness Nunez and loses, she'll retire on the spot. Adam Kaplan joins us on a Thursday to go through every game that matters in the NFL pain day style. We'll get into all of that. Matt Nagy is on the show today talking about Foles. Baker Mayfield we'll hear from. Ron Rivera is going to be on today. Josh Allen says he has not arrived. We'll hear from the quarterback of the Bills. Joe Flacco starting for the Jets. We'll hear from him. Darius Slay's on the show. We'll talk Lakers heat game five Friday night. NHL, trades, everything. The Wild acquire Nick Bonino. The draft went down. Corey Crawford won't be back with the Blackhawks. And the Devils get rid of Corey Snyder. There's tons of goalies available. You get it all on Coast to Coast.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I throw back on Coast to Coast, Carver High struggling with that. Ireland soccer game going on right now. I'm trying to like watch the Astros and A's and I'm hearing you just moaning and groaning. What is happening with your Irish? Yeah, uh, the Republic of Ireland and Slovakia in a big uh, semifinal playoff to get into the Euros uh, next summer, Scotty, which was supposed to be this summer. This game was supposed to take place back in March. It got pushed back just like everything else. And they are nil-nil here in the 68th minute and they've given Slovakia about four corners in a row here. And you know what happens, Scotty. You keep giving that one team those set pieces. Eventually, they're going to find the back of the net. You keep giving them opportunities. It's going to come. So uh, we'll see if the Irish can figure this out and get on to the next round here uh, in the Euro tournament. How about we start today, Scotty? I don't think we've done this uh, since the season has started. How about we start today with some college football? How about that? Uh, Let's let's get cranking here. We have a Thursday night game tonight, Tulane. And Houston, now Houston, this is their first game. Their first like four or five chances to play all got wiped away because of COVID. Not so much them. A couple times it was the other team. They're minus six and a half. Dana Holgerson, of course, the head coach, usually a pretty explosive offense. What do you think tonight, Sky? A little Thursday night college football, Houston and Tulane. Yeah, I, you remember Fast Times at Ridgemont High when uh, Ferguson, they, they uh, you know, roughed up his Firebird and he came out and he was just absolutely lit like he had done an eight ball. I mean, your boy uh, Houston is in the same uh, dire straits. They haven't played. Uh, they've had four or five games canceled. Uh, they're rabid dogs. Uh, Holgerson's been feeding them coal. Like, uh, you know, at, at Christmas when you've been a bad boy. I mean to tell you, this Houston team, if they don't come out and rock Tulane after waiting this long to play a football game. Now, on the other side, they could actually come out and lay an egg because they haven't played anybody. And uh, we haven't seen them do anything on a football field. So Tulane's got a couple wins. I'm still going with Houston. Uh, they put up big numbers last year. Holgerson's got a great offense. I expect the same thing tonight. I'm going to go Houston. Yes, Tulane's been pretty good, too. They do have a couple of wins, like you say. I saw them play Army a couple of weeks ago. They played okay. Uh, let's get now, Scotty, to this uh, Saturday night game. Miami and Clemson, they are the big Saturday night matchup. Derek King 
is ready to duel with Trevor Lawrence. And right now, Scotty, when you look at the Heisman odds that they currently have at FanDuel, Trevor Lawrence back in the lead at plus 200 with King slipping down to 9-1 to one there right behind him. Fields and Kyle Trask has moved up the board. Really good quarterback battle. Is King, Scotty, going to be able to keep up with Trevor Lawrence on Saturday night? I mean, I think King's a very exciting quarterback. Uh, he He's changed the fortunes of the Canes for sure. Uh, they have an offense now. They have a quarterback. Uh, they can throw the ball. They can run the ball better than ever with their running backs. And it gives him the freedom to take off running and get first downs as well. The Canes look a lot better with him. They got a shot. Uh, when it opened, it was 16 and moved to 14. Obvious why Lawrence is everyone's uh, darling for the Heisman and to be the number one draft pick in the NFL. So uh, I think they're just giving this guy uh, everything on a silver platter. I mean, the bottom line is, I mean, what have they done? They've come out, they played everyone that they played, their candy-ass schedule, and they've rocked everyone that they play. Let's see if they do the same thing to Miami. But right now you can't argue with uh, the fact that the momentum is building for him to get everything. the Heisman, number one pick, uh, all the rest. So, you know, tank for Trevor. I mean, a guy is on everyone's lips. No one talks about anyone else. No one cares about Derek King. No one cares yet. I think Justin Fields is going to change the narrative when Ohio State starts playing. Uh, people have already got the Buckeyes winning the national championship, and we haven't seen them walk on a football field yet. All they've done is uh, cry to their mommies and complain and complain and complain and finally get their way. And now they're going to have a cheesy Big Ten season, and we'll see if uh, Ohio State can live up to its billing to win the national championship. The reason they are playing is the Big Ten should be a piece of cake for Ohio State. They beat every team they play by 30. So if they go to uh, the the playoff, are they going to win it all? That's all that matters. Can they beat Alabama? Can they beat Clemson? Their entire season is about that. It's not even about the Big Ten. The Big Ten uh, should be a walk in the park for the Buckeyes. And now I give to you the national championship odds right now. And I give this to you, Scotty, because you sent me something, a little charts and graphs about uh, them saying the percentage chances of these teams to win the national title. And as always, Ohio State, 27 percent. Bama followed at 23 percent. Ohio State's actually third, Scotty, in the FanDuel odds here at plus 350. And as always, there's a huge drop after those three teams. Then you get into Georgia, Florida, Notre Dame, Penn State, etc., but as of now, until one of these three lose, Scotty, they're always going to be at the top of these rankings. Well, if Miami loses to Clemson, they'll fall off of that board entirely on Saturday. So everyone's gauging what the Canes do here at Clemson to see if they're totally for real. I mean, the bottom line is we always hear every year for the last several years, every single year, it's the same thing. We hear, are the Canes back? Is Miami back? Are they for real? And I think it's gotten real stale because they haven't lived up to any of that. They've been atrocious. Now they've won a couple of games, but they haven't played anybody. Let's see what they do now when they play someone that can punch them right in the mouth. We'll see what they're made of. If they get blown out, believe me, everyone's going to lose respect for Miami uh, by Sunday morning. And Florida, a very sneaky play on that list, Scotty, because Florida has been off to a great start, and they're going to play a bunch of those other teams because they're going to play Georgia. They're going to play Alabama. Florida might be a good time to get involved now if you think that they can win a couple of games and get into that national title picture. Speaking of that, Oregon, Scotty, 
they are going to want to be a part of that too. The Pac-12 media did their little preseason poll before the season starts in a couple of weeks. As we as we expected, Oregon is at the top of that. We heard, what was it, Jerry Palm a couple of weeks ago say that they'd be in position to maybe be in the playoff now that Oklahoma's lost. They just got to go win their game, Scotty, because they usually get tripped up in the regular season. Yeah, I mean, uh, the conference is crazy, and it always has been, and they're going to face tests that uh, are going to, you know, find out right then and there if they're uh, for real and what they're made of in, in many of their games. Bottom line is you lose your quarterback to the NFL and your favorite uh, to go to the playoff. Jerry Palm told us that he likes him in the playoff to make it. And uh, I'm just trying to see if they can win the Pac-12. Uh, you know, can you win the conference outright? And can all this glory and getting to the playoff happen for a Pac-12 team? Can we get them in there? That would be nice to see, uh, frankly, someone else other than the same uh, commodities every year. Oklahoma is already finished. You cannot even discuss Oklahoma anymore uh, like they do every single year. They give Lincoln Riley and the Oklahoma Sooners faithful uh, a slot in the playoff, and they're done. They got beat by Kansas State and Iowa State, and it doesn't even matter what they do against Texas this week. They got two losses, and they should not even be allowed to be discussed for that playoff. Yes, they are finished, and that is a good thing because I'm tired of watching them get hammered in the semifinal every single year. Uh, the Max Scotty, released their schedule. They're going to get going in a couple weeks, and the reason why we love this so much is because it gives us Tuesday and Wednesday night football. Uh, the first like four or five weeks of the max season, up until I think the week after Thanksgiving, you're going to have multiple games, Scotty, on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. And I know that we always love that back doing the radio show to have those college football games on those nights. Well, now we'll have games on uh, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. Uh, there's usually a game on Friday night, and then you got games on Saturday and Sunday. They have manipulated the calendar into having football every day of the week, and it should be that way in America. <laughs> Florida State <laughs> is going to be 20-and-a-half-point dogs at South Bend on Saturday night. Probably not the primetime game NBC thought they were going to get. Florida State stinks this year, as we know. But the Irish, Scotty, coming off all these uh, the, missing the game with the COVID with Wake Forest, they haven't played in three weeks. Interesting to see if the Irish are just going to come out and beat up on Florida State who has been playing. Uh, can, speaking of COVID, Kansas coach Les Miles today was announced. He tested positive uh, for COVID, so he's not going to be on the Jayhawks you know sideline anytime soon. He, he got when COVID did he get in it? week one when Coastal Carolina oh. came in there and went to the bathroom all over their field. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, in uh, college football COVID-related news, uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, Scotty, he says, come fill up the swamp. You want to put 65000 in there? Go ahead. You know, Florida Gator home games, bring it on, Scotty. How about that? I mean, where did this guy go to school? Honestly, how did this guy get that job? Like, they really let this guy tell people just party and fill up stadiums all the way to the to the roof. Come on. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. I've never seen a fly, like, not leave. Like, his head was sort of moving around, and, like, it wasn't leaving. I want to keep it somewhat respectful. He's the vice president. I get it. But, you know, like I said, I've never seen a fly land like that before. The Sports Grid Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Sports Grid. All right, Cam Stewart, everybody, in Toronto. And uh, I'm watching these games, Carver High, and I got to tell you, uh, it's amazing to me uh, that, you know, the Marlins don't show up when they're down two zip and they get smacked around like that. And seven nothing. Like, honestly, they look so lifeless even in their dugout. It's embarrassing. I don't even know what happened to them uh, when they, you know, swept the Cubs and then they go to play the Braves and they just don't even look like the same team. They look like the bad news bears, basically, uh, in that series against Atlanta. And Atlanta's lineup just crushing it. Darno again today with the extra base hits and RBIs. Driving in runs, hitting home runs. I mean, you name it, the Braves have humiliated the Marlins. We got no mic there, Mike. I can't hear you. <laughs> there Start it is. Over. So the, the thing for me, Scotty, is, is that obviously they haven't scored any runs. Think about it. Since the early part of game one, they have zeros on the board. They got shut out yesterday. They're getting shut out again today. The bats have not been there. They didn't score a lot of runs against the Cubs either, but at least they pitched well enough to get themselves out of the situation. Yeah, they have not done anything right. Like, I mean, they can't even get a run. They can't get base runners. They can't get anybody out. I mean, that thing is over. And then this other game, A's are up 3 nothing. Uh, they get the big home run, uh, three-run shot, and now – uh, with an out in the bottom of the third, uh, the Astros have a runner at third. They need to get that run in. I mean, they're down 3 nothing. If they keep – because they've been uh, kind of going through the motions today. Uh, their at-bats have been lackluster. Uh, they haven't really gotten much more than a runner on first. And Grinky looked bored to death. Did he actually – I mean, I saw him do it. Did he actually – look right at the batter and tell him exactly what pitch he was going to throw on the home run he's pitch. Done, he yeah, literally he's looked done right that at trick. Said, yeah, he's done that trick before, uh, Granky. He, he's the smartest guy in the room. He gets on the mound, tells the catcher what he's throwing. I've seen him do it two or three times. They made a big deal about it a couple of months ago when he did it too. Uh, good for you, buddy. How's it look now? The ball goes over the yard. Uh, like you said, they uh, avoided the sweep yesterday. They forced that game four, which is now underway. We'll see if they can get that run in, Scotty. Let's listen to yesterday's big blow for the A's, and that was Chad Pinder's three-run homer to tie the game at seven. They would eventually win the game 9-7. Here is yesterday on TBS. I couldn't believe it. Josh James has given up back-to-back hits to begin things here 
in the seventh inning. And here's Chad Pender. He's had a two-hit day. And he drives one to the right field towards the corner. Tucker going back onto the track at the wall. It's gone! A three-run home run for Pender. And with one swing of the bat for the Oakland A's, this game is tied 7-7. Seven to seven. Pender takes it out of the yard to the corner. And it's 7-7 from L.A. in game three of the ALTS. I couldn't even believe it. I was shooting lid in my driveway and listening to the game on the radio, and they were up 7-4. They're going to sweep the series, and it's in the seventh inning, I believe, right? And he gives up this home run. They end up losing 9-7. That home run tied the game. I knew right then. I knew right then, obviously, that when he hit it and tied it, that they were going to win. And, I mean, the Astros have been frozen ever since. Literally, since that game in the seventh inning yesterday, they look like they're bored to death and they're not doing anything. And and going back to Greinke, I mean it when I tell you, that guy, he looks like he is absolutely miserable pitching. Like, he just doesn't even want to do it anymore. Does he look like a guy that just is absolutely going through the motions to get that money, and he could care less if he gives up a home run or another. Yeah, he's always looked like that, Granky, even more so recently, like you say, the last couple of years. But Granky always has a strange look on his face. Two other uh, potential elimination games tonight, Scotty. Let's start with the Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays take game three last night. They lead the series two games to one. It was an 8-4 to four win. Kevin Kiermeyer, Scotty, he had one of the homers for the Rays, and he says, as always, it is somebody different every night for this team. That is how the Rays play baseball. Here's Kiermeyer. This is Rays baseball at its finest. You know, we, we sit here and we talk about, um, you know, never depending on one person each and every night. Um, we, we have a, we have our guys, don't, don't get me wrong, but um, it's just uh, you never know who's going to be the hero, who's going to step up with the, you know, the big strikeout, the big hit, the, the big defensive play. And, uh, you know, we, we showed that tonight. I mean, Kiermaier hits the bomb. Uh, uh, Rosarena has just been unbelievable. He gets a hit every time he's up. Uh, you know what's amazing to me, and I think I uh, talked about this yesterday on Coast to Coast and definitely on Pharrell on a Bench on Sports Grid Radio Overnights. I uh, mentioned how it's really been the Rays lineup that has killed uh, the ball. It's been the Rays lineup that's got all the big hits, all the big home runs. Stanton has hit a home run in every single game in the playoffs. It's unbelievable. Five straight games at a home run. But all the rest of them have stopped. Void isn't hitting. Judge isn't uh, doing anything now. Uh, DJ LeMayhew isn't doing anything anymore. Glaber Torres hasn't had a hit, I don't think, in the series. Uh, and then they're going with the, you know, getting shiggy with a catcher. He gets a single here or there. They have absolutely no one producing anymore with the vaunted Yankee lineup. And really, it boils down to this. They have Garrett Cole, and then the rest of them don't do anything. Nobody does anything. Tanaka was terrible. Their bullpen was terrible. Their big uh, $300 million lineup of bats that we keep talking about. Oh, no one can stop the Yankees. They're going to outscore everybody every night. What happened to all of that? Now the Rays are pounding them into submission. And I told you over and over on this show, I mean, from the jump, I have argued that the Rays are better than the Yankees. They own them. This has been going on for two years, and eight out of ten in the regular season, everybody said, that doesn't count. 
because they didn't have Stan and Judge. Well, now they do, and they're still getting their ass beat by the Rays. What do you have to say now other than nothing? The Rays finish off the Yankees one way or another tonight or tomorrow. There's no way. They can't even get a hit, let alone uh, win the game. No, it's amazing, and you're right. Arozarena has uh, he's hitting about 650. He's got a homer in every game in this series. And the Yankee ERA, Scotty, for their pitchers, if you take Cole out of it in the playoffs, over seven. For all the other pitchers combined, the Yankee ERA is over seven. Cole is the only one who has gotten anybody out. Aaron Boone says that the Yankees are going to come to play tonight. Gee, I hope so, Aaron. It would be nice if they did show up and do that. Let's listen to Aaron Judge, Scotty, because as always – the cliched, you're down, you got to win a game, but he loves to step up in these big moments. Here's Judge. Yeah, win or go home. You know, those those are the games I like to play in, you know. The, you know, <laughs> those wild card games, you know, it's, it's do or die. You know, that's what you live for as an athlete and and as a player. And, um, you know, we got a squad that's ready to do that. You know, it's – we knew it wasn't going to be easy, you know, coming in here, you know, especially after we won the first game. We knew it wasn't going to – they weren't going to, you know, fold over. So uh, you know, this is what we're made for. This is what we're ready for. And you know, it's just about us going out there and trying to take care of business. I mean, I just don't believe a word that comes out of his mouth. Do you really believe, Carver High, that uh, we really love these games, these uh, winner-go-home games is what we live for? No, they don't. When their back's against the wall uh, and they're one away from you know packing the glad bags, nobody wants to be in that position. You know who's talking like this as well as the Miami Heat, that they still have all this confidence – and they don't care what outsiders say. And we're here to win. And we feel great about ourselves. And then we have to sit here and listen to this. We already know the Heat are done. And uh, the Yankees aren't far behind them. Yeah, and somehow, Scotty, Yankees uh, favorite uh, right now at FanDuel. Uh, minus one. Uh, every night they're so. favored. Every, Every night. night, their favorite. Their favorite again tonight uh, in that joke. game four. We'll see what if they can get it is. done. <laughs> I know. Dodgers hold on last night, 6-5. to five. They take a 2-0 lead over the Padres in that NL Division Series. Let's hear Scotty, the Cody Bellinger catch, robbing Tatis Jr. of a two-run homer. This was on AM 570 in L.A. And Tatis, the fly ball to center field and deep bellinger going back to the wall he leaps and makes a spectacular catch cody bellinger robs tatis of a two-run home run his glove was six or seven inches over the yellow line and straightaway center a spectacular catch by cody bellinger and the dodgers get out of the inning oh what a play Actually, I thought uh, Charlie did a great job with the call there. And uh, if you listen to 10-7 Pharrell and Avenge podcast, I believe that was, uh, I don't even know which hour, but hour one or hour two. But I was on the air when he made the call. Mafia was uh, running the show, and I freaked out way more than Charlie. Okay, so <laughs> I actually think my call of the catch uh, had the onions. I mean, I had way more onions Honestly, I went off when he caught that ball. Uh, it was just so crazy, that catch. And I freaked out on the air. And if you really want to hear something funny, go listen to that show. It's on uh, everywhere, Apple Podcasts, wherever. Just look up Pharrell on a bench, Sports Grid. It's an uh, hour Jace and 15 Tingle. into the show. So hour two, hour number hour two, two, at around 15 minutes into the second hour is when uh, he made the catch. Uh, Mafia just told me in my ear, high-level stuff going on right here in my ear. Uh 
Jace Tingler said the Padres were close, but the Bellinger catch was obviously the difference. They did, Scotty, almost get, they got a couple back in the ninth. Uh, Jansen was in. The Dodgers eventually had to take Jansen out and bring Joe Kelly in to finish off the game. There also was the brouhaha between Manny Machado and most of the Dodger players. Machado basically threw his bat to the top of the stadium after he hit a homer, then got mad when the Dodger pitcher threw his glove. And Mookie Betts told him to go in the dugout and everybody else. So a little fireworks between the Padres and Dodgers, Scotty. Well, I hope there's a fight tonight, you know? I mean, <laughs> if they're going to just cuss each other out, let's see some hands thrown. That's what I want. I want to see a fight. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. That's okay. That's okay. Because here's why it's still on the pass. They got two Bills games in their pocket. The SportsGrid Network. All right, Pharrell back on uh, Coast to Coast, and Reddick just saved a home run in right field for the Astros. Uh, Granky's just giving up long balls left and right. Uh, Reddick caught this one on those uh, that very short porch in deep uh, right, right where the seats are. It wasn't exactly a Bellinger's catch last night. CJ Nikowski back on Coast to Coast. From MLB uh, Radio and Network, we always love having uh, CJ on. Uh, first of all, CJ, thanks for doing the show. How are you feeling? I know you've been through some uh, COVID <laughs> symptoms, and I know you got a lot of attention, probably unwanted because of that. I hope your family's okay. How you doing? Uh, that is accurate, yeah. Attention I definitely didn't want, but uh, feeling fortunate. I really wasn't too bad for me. I had some slight symptoms uh, overnight one night. The Rangers thought maybe it'd be a good idea uh, that I go ahead and get a test, but I, I did the game that night. I did radio the next morning, and I, and I actually felt fine, but it turned out uh, to be positive. I got very lucky uh, with very mild symptoms. Nobody on the broadcast team uh, ended up catching it. Nobody in my family ended up getting it. My son had already had it in college uh, when he first went back to school, and he was through it and didn't deal with any symptoms. So we're just grateful that uh, it wasn't bad at all for our family. I know some people have gone through a lot worse. I heard from friends of mine uh, within the game that had gone through it, and it was significantly worse. Some people that were sick for a couple of weeks uh, at a time. So I feel very grateful that you know, within 24, 48 hours, for the most part, I felt pretty normal. Well, how annoying was it for you to have your uh, health brought to national attention? Like anyone that's famous at all that gets it, uh, they it seems like they get thrown into the wood chipper. Like what was it like for your family to have to listen to all the attention you got for 24 hours about having COVID like you were dying? Uh, yeah, it's interesting. And I understand that people are nervous about it and panic about it. I never want to dismiss those folks, even though I, you know, I felt again, very lucky and, and I don't, never want to downplay it, but it wasn't bad for me. Um, it all, it's, it's strange. You know, the Rangers felt like they had to, they had to send out a press release because I'm on their broadcast team and, and they felt like that was necessary. I said, okay, I get it. And then they recommended, and my agent did as well. You, know, you might want to stay off of social media uh, for a while. And so I did. And, you know, I don't need any excuses to, to stay off Twitter. It's always nice to get a little nudge and have a good reason. So quite honestly, I, 
I didn't see much negativity at all. Now, it might be because I think I have somewhere around 1,300 people muted on Twitter. So maybe it was there and I just didn't <laughs> see it. But um, everything else, you know, there was a, there's so many good people. I know sometimes it gets it gets lost in social media, but there are a lot of good people out there. And I got a lot of nice messages and, and people that checked in and were concerned. And so I appreciated that. And so I think, again, because of the heavy uh, use of the mute button for me, uh, it was really almost all positive across the board. All right, I just am getting a message from my producer in my ear saying uh, we have no idea who anyone uh, is that is nice anywhere. We don't know any nice people anywhere that follow us. There are no nice people. I don't know where CJ. I'm wait a second. CJ knows nice people. Where do we find these people? Because we don't know where they live. <laughs> yeah, so, I think it has well, something to do with being a local broadcaster and people all of their team. Listen, you know, we're always criticized in this industry, and you're going to get more complaints right. and criticisms, and you're going to get praises. That's just the way that it works, and I'm okay with it. But there are some good people out. There. No, there aren't. So, uh, <laughs> so what did you think of uh, Grotterall last night? And do you have a, an issue with a guy getting that fired up about a, a catch that was that brilliant? And then the other team's reaction toward it, I thought was bizarre considering they were dancing around and throwing bats and bat flips and celebrating. It's okay if they do it. I see where everyone's argument is. How do you feel about it? Oh, first of all, I think it's a good thing for the game. And I think you also have to look at the big picture here, right? Here come the Padres. They put some money into their team. They have a young star now in Fernando Tatis Jr. that I think most of the nation is getting to know, which is not always an easy thing to do when you play on a West Coast team, and especially when we had the shortened season. And the Padres, to me, feel like they've been in this position where they want everybody to know they're here, especially the Dodgers. And they want to make their presence known. And they expect to go on a run and to be able to challenge the Dodgers for, for quite a long time. They, there's probably a five to, to seven year run in there with this group uh, where they can make some noise in the National League West. And so they've been going back and forth even before we got to this series. And Manny Machado, an emotional guy, right? He throws his bat after he hits home run, but then he doesn't like the way that Gratterall reacts. Now that was unique. I don't think I've ever seen a pitcher outside of say Daniel Hudson when he closed out the World Series last year, just fire his glove, then fire his hat. I mean, I was wondering how far this was going to go. What other clothes were coming off? So I didn't have a problem with it either way. We'd love to see emotion in our game like we need more emotion and you no know, listen we're talking about it you and i are we talked about it this morning on mlb network radio i think it's ultimately a good thing as long as we're not seeing you know guys getting thrown out at the head guys aren't getting hurt you know th those kinds of things we probably don't want to see but i'll take that emotion and take it right up to the line and i will tell you this too i felt like after seeing that i don't i don't really care at this point who i have no you know no uh, horse in this race as far as who wins the world series but i want to see gratterall close something big out because if that's the reaction you get from a really big catch i I'd love to see him either closing out this series, uh, closing out the CS or the World Series, because I, I said this before already. He's that guy, like uh, that friend that we have that we're out drinking. And he drinks too much. And all of a sudden you realize by the end of the night, he doesn't have most of his clothes on. He may be that guy. And I want to see it. I want to see him close out something bigger than what we saw yesterday. He's that guy. So uh, <laughs> obviously uh, there's something wrong with uh, Jansen and his manager won't uh, talk about it. He's just saying that they're, you know, basically uh, considering everything, but you can see there's something wrong with him, right? And that uh, his days are numbered as they're closer. Are you feeling that? 
No doubt. His stuff is down. This kind of went into last year a little bit as well. The velocity's down, but it does not seem like there's significant injury there. You know, some guys struggled with the time off uh, when we had that break in the summer camp and leading up to it and what they did in between. I don't know if that was an issue or not for Kenley Jansen, but I got to believe the Dodgers, first and foremost, are trying to get this World Series won. We know that is something that's been hanging over their heads for a while. And then they probably want to get Kenley Jansen to the offseason and kind of address this situation and see what's going on because he still has one year left on that $80 million contract. And so they'd like to have a healthy uh, Kenley Jansen next year and a guy that they can use on and count on. In the meantime, he probably should not get the ball in the ninth inning in a close game. Now, if you have a huge lead and you want to give it to him, I say go ahead. If you're down in a game, perhaps you give it to him. The communication, I think, is really important here for Dave Robertson. And Kenley Jansen knows where he is. Uh, but I think his manager, is kind of you alluded to, is not really wanting to say anything that's going to get any win behind it publicly that all of a sudden we see headlines that say Kenley Jansen is no longer the closer of the Dodgers. He's not right now. He probably shouldn't be. But Dave Roberts doing his best to kind of squash that as a story. And I can appreciate that to some degree. So Dustin May tonight for L.A., uh, do you think they finish off the Padres or do you have a sneaking suspicion that San Diego will answer the call tonight and survive another day? Uh, I'd like to see them survive just because I want to see more of these games. Like, I can't wait till next year when you know they're playing each other at least 19 times, assuming that we're going to have that full schedule. And as I mentioned, this is I think this is going to go on for a few more years. And the emotion that we're seeing is even better uh, for this rivalry as it starts to kind of get heated back up. But as far as tonight goes, I'm really happy that they decided that Dave Roberts did to go ahead and give Dustin May the ball right in the beginning. You know, they've done some different things for him where they let him be the bulk guy that kind of follows an opener. They've used him uh, in the pen. He's been a regular starter. He's got unbelievable stuff. And so I like the idea that, first of all, they're giving him uh, the ball right from the beginning. The Padres are thin. They're thin on pitching. We know they don't have their first and second starter in Clevenger and Lamette. That has hurt them. There's no getting around that. They're going to go to the young lefty, Marion, who's got some really good stuff. He's got a live arm, but not a guy that's necessarily going to go particularly deep in the game. So they're going to have to piece this thing together, are the Padres, which I think is a real challenge. I feel like they're running on fumes. I hope they win it just so we get another one, but I don't think they have enough in the tank to win the series. CJ Nikowski with us on Coast to Coast. We always like having him on. Do you uh, think the Yankees are in big trouble? They're in some trouble for sure. And I know everybody was upset about game two. And now they're asking Jordan Montgomery to extend their season, right? This is another team uh, that is missing significant starting pitching and Pedro Severino uh, in James Paxson, big arms that they thought were going to be with them that are not there. Now it's showing up in this short series and how thin they are from a starting pitching standpoint. I think their best chances right now are to go out and slug, right? That's the best way that they're going to be able to win. I think first of all tonight, but then even the series and get it to a game five. We saw what was the offense that they were waiting for all year in the Cleveland series. And everybody thought, you know what? This is a different New York Yankees team. This is not the team from the regular season. And they don't care about the fact that the Tampa Bay Rays had dominated them during the regular season. They're healthy. They're on all cylinders. And that offensive juggernaut is there. And all of a sudden, things got a little bit quiet. They still had opportunities in game two, and everybody was upset about the garcia Jay Happ thing. But they still had a chance to win that game. They were in it. And it was the offense that ultimately couldn't deliver for them uh, later in that game. So I think the only way they win this one going forward, win the series, win this game, is to be able to put up a bunch of runs on the board. Too bad the Rays are the ones scoring all the runs. Their lineup's been better. <laughs> and they've been the team that kicked the Yankees' ass all year. They've been doing it for two years to the Yankees. 
Yep, they have been, and they're a good story, right? I know that for Major League Baseball and for fans, when you see a low payroll team like the Rays and you see them be successful, it's kind of hard to argue that your team needs to spend more money, right? And you look at the Oakland A's as another team that's in there as well. So it can be done. Uh, They're ultra creative, and then they just seem to pick the right spots on when to spend a little bit of money, uh, whether it's locking up a guy like Kevin Kiermeyer or bringing in Charlie Morton, whatever it may be, extending Snell and giving him somewhat of a team-friendly contract. But they've done a good job the few times they've actually spent a little bit of money They've traded unbelievably well. And to see Randy uh, Arozarena right now, this has been such a great story. Uh, this kid who missed a month of the season because he had COVID, he kept pe- testing positive for a full month. So he only got to play one month of the season. He said he sat in his hotel room. He's doing push-ups all day long. He said he got closer to God. He's chicken and rice every single day. And he comes out and he's absolutely crushing it. It's unbelievable to see what this guy has done. He can rake. And the crazy thing is, and this is why I tell people all the time, and it's not to, I don't want to, you know, bang on prospect lists and, and people that put those things together. They work really hard. It's a difficult thing to do. But Rosarena was the 19th ranked prospect in the Rays organization. Are oh, you going to tell me they have 18 minor leaguers that are better than him? I don't, I don't <laughs> think that's true. And if it is, uh, that's unfortunate for the rest of the American League East. Right, because the, I mean, the future is just looking fantastic all of a sudden. <laughs> the uh, Brantley just hit a two-run shot to bring the Astros within a run. It's 3-2 now. What do you think happened to them after that uh, Pinder home run yesterday? Because it seemed like they got shanked and they've never uh, got the, the knife out of their chest. They just looked dead since that seventh inning home run. Yeah, they had been. They looked a little bit dead. We'll see here with the Astros. That's the Astros team that we saw most of the year. They just lacked energy. They were a team that finished, what, two games under 500 for the regular season. A lot of their big names did not hit the way that we have seen in the past. And and they look like a team for most of the regular season that was looking forward to the year being over. I mean, they really stumbled their way uh, into the postseason. Now, they found some of that old energy uh, early on in the postseason and did it against Minnesota, and we've seen these first couple of games against uh, the Oakland A's. We'll see whether or not they can actually finish it out. Their bigger issue is their bullpen. Their bullpen is is inexperienced, and I think I can't say that I speak for every Major League fan, but for most of the non-Astro fans that are out there that like baseball, nobody really wants to see the Astros advance right now uh, based on everything that has happened uh, over the last year with them. They'll really get exposed, though, potentially, if they can hold on and win this series to get into a potential seven-game best-of-seven, or at least you got to win four, obviously, in a best of seven. The younger bullpen is, I think, where they start to get exposed a little bit. But uh, Oakland A is not ready to lay down just yet. Uh, this should be a good game, and hopefully they push it to a game five. So respectfully, I got about uh, 50 seconds. Uh, I think the Braves look fantastic right now. I wouldn't want to be the, uh, let's say, Dodgers hypothetically and face them because they're doing everything right. Yeah, they are, and they're young, right? The idea that that young starting staff, right? No Mike Soroka, which is a big deal. No Cole Hamels. They brought him in to be the guy for these moments, right? In the postseason, to be their, their hired gun. Felix Hernandez opted out uh, for the season. So the idea that they're asking Max Fried and young starters like Ian Anderson uh, to go out and get it done, they have been terrific. But they can slug. That lineup up and down. Uh, Freddie Freeman, the first couple of games, pretty ice cold. It didn't matter. They got enough done with Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, in that lineup. And Marcelo Zuna had a monster season. And uh, that lineup runs deep. Dansby Swanson's having a really nice year. So they could be a challenge, no doubt, if they end up getting to the championship series. And it's them and the Dodgers. That'll be a fantastic series. And Darno has just been killing it. Yeah. And, I mean, just hitting home runs, hitting gap shots. Right look good today, pitching. Melanson has looked fantastic, closing the door. I think they look incredible. CJ, I'm glad you're doing well. Always a pleasure. It's always great to see you. 
Uh, thankfully, everything's good with your family and your health. Uh, continued success. We'll catch up again, hopefully, during the World Series. Thanks for coming on Coast to Coast. You got it, Scott. Anytime, man. Good to catch up. My man, CJ Nikowski of the Rangers TV and MLB Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Line up, ladies! The early line. In the NFC South, Kev, everyone thought it was a two-horse race coming into the season with New Orleans and Tampa, and not much has dissuaded people from that. Which side are you on on this NFC South divisional battle, Saints or Bucks? The Bucks are just as banged up on some of these weapons. So, for me, it's the Bucks. They're plus 105. I think that's a spot where you could label it paying for information. The Sports Grid Network. Carlos Correa with a three-run shot to deep left. And the Astros have come back from 3-0 down to take a 5-3 lead on the A's in a fourth inning, a huge fourth inning. They've scored all five runs in the inning, and there's still nobody out, Carver High. Yeah, you were wondering when the Astros were going to wake up, Scotty. It has finally happened. Uh, big inning, and Montas stinks. The guy that started for Oakland today, eventually they were going to get to him. Uh, not a very good pitcher. <laughs> it's true. It, it isn't. And the A's are in a Ricky tough spot here today. If, if they need somebody late in this game, because they pitched Hendricks for three innings yesterday Jimmy to Hendricks. get that win. And he's their main guy, his cousin Liam. They pitched Liam for three innings yesterday. <laughs> To finish that, that game, and, and there's no way that he's going to be available today. So they're going to have some problems in the late innings if they're down or up a couple of runs here. Well, they didn't have any problems in the late innings yesterday with that Pinder three-run bomb. All right, so uh, what's the deal with the goalies? <laughs> Is there enough goalies looking for work? It sounds like it. Corey Crawford will not be back with the Blackhawks. They said that they are going to part ways with him. He is a UFA. The Devils will buy out Corey Schneider. Listen to this list of free agents. Now, NHL free agency opens tomorrow, Scotty, at noon. Uh, Braden Holtby, Corey Crawford, Markstrom from Vancouver, Mike Smith, Thomas Grice, Henrik Lundqvist, Hedobin from the Stars, who just had a great playoff, Jimmy Howard, Corey Schneider, Cam Talbot, and there's more. Scotty, do you need a goalie? I mean, there's enough of them available for these teams tomorrow. Jeez. Well, I, you know, the guy that's really good on that list is that Grice guy. He can flat out play. Can and play. Mark I think he's going to go to the Devils. For Vancouver, right? Oh, you think Grice, I think Grice go goes to the, to the Devils? Yeah, I think he's going to stay in the, in the New York area and go to the Devils. That's a good call. And I like him better than Schneider. I used to go see Schneider. He was like a, a river. It <laughs> just went right through him. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.